What's up, everybody? This is Pilot Boys episode 94. Today, we're going to talk about baby. We're going to talk about Messi going to PSG. We're going to talk about Nas. We're going to talk about Rihanna. And our deep dive today is fuck networking, man. Seriously. So kick back, enjoy. The Pilot Boys are about to take off. Welcome to the Pilot Boys podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. Pilot Boys in the building, episode 94. One of my favorite years for music. Uh, Partha, favorite hip-hop album. Elmatic came out. Biggie's Ooh. Ready to Die came out. It was the, the year of alternative music, which, you know, a lot of Green Day, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Vitalogy. It was just an overall great great year of music actually outcast's debut album was in 94 too so wow in a, in a good vibe with episode 94 excited to try to make this one a classic as well you know in 94 my favorite rapper was the count on sesame street <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't bad he wasn't bad man he had some yeah. flow he had some bars <laughs> <laughs> that honestly i need a lot more credit in my life for being a funny guy i don't get it enough but you know we'll leave that we'll leave that as an aside as so, long as you think you're funny that's all that matters i think i'm fucking I, that's I think all that I'm matters. the funniest guy alive that's so yeah i guess so um news and notes we have an interesting story that's been building and honestly i have been itching to have this conversation on the pod v yeah baby man what do you think about this well, let me uh, qualify it by saying that his handling of this entire situation has been terrible, right? Um, yeah. He um, it, he made some comments, you know, some ignorant comments that um, attacked uh, the uh, the community, right? It attacked a community, and I don't think in in two thousand twenty one there's really a place for that type of commentary. Right. Like that's that's all accepted. Like he shouldn't have said what he said. His handling of this situation is very arrogant and ignorant. However, the degree to which he is being canceled is not a is not a solution that leads to the desired outcome. Right. The desired outcome is for us to get to a point where we're not dealing with with prejudice of any level right in in mainstream media but what you need to do you have two options you can either shun somebody and this is just like going back to childhood right like it's it's many reports saying that if you if you if you criticize or you shun someone or punish them that way that you're not going to let them improve right mm -hmm. versus educating embracing and trying to get to an understanding of why he holds those opinions because if he holds those opinions other people hold those opinions and the final thing that i will say on this is context is important um as well and we have to understand that not everyone comes from the same place not everyone goes through the same process of education sometimes they get educated when they become adults so overall my position on on this is that Cancel culture, it seems like, 
goes to an extreme because they enjoy the power of canceling people, the ability to cancel people. Um, but this isn't this isn't a uh, a, a productive way uh, to improve society. Wow, that was such a complete thought. And honestly, I don't think I have anything to add. I mean, it's such it's such an interesting angle. I didn't expect you to go down the parenting kind of approach to this, yeah. but that's such an interesting way to think about the growth process for individuals. And you know, it is a great point, right? When you come from the scenario he's from, you you lack a lot of the influences and dialogue in your upbringing to be able to have the kind of growth that many of us, right? Many of the people doing the canceling have yeah. had. And so you can't blame somebody for being a product of their environment. You can only help them to see beyond their environment and see that there's a bigger world out there. Yep. Yep. That's facts. Wow. Well, I mean, since we don't have any argument here, it's unlikely we would anyway. Let's talk about our boy Messi. Yeah, this is big news, man. This this is like uh Essentially, in in soccer, to Messi has played with Barcelona since he was a kid, like fourteen years old, um, and his leaving Barcelona is another direct impact of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, basically, the most well known, most profitable soccer club in the world could not afford to pay Messi. And therefore had to let him go because of issues they could afford to pay him. But there's a financial fair play uh, thing going on within La Liga, which is the, Sp- the Spanish soccer league um, that is trying to curb spending um, because direct result of the pandemic and profit losses um, and keeping things competitive uh, within the league. Um, but Barcelona's loss now goes to PSG's gain. PSG, of course, is the French league team that is trying really, really hard to become one of the major players in soccer, and they've fallen short many times. Um, what I'm excited about with this is you're, this is you're, you're bringing Neymar and Messi back together, and then you're adding Mbappe um, this is going to be a sight to see. They're going to run through the this, the, the French league because the French league sucks. The ultimate league for goal for PSG is to to win that Champions League uh, trophy. Um, and Messi, clearly as the best player in the world, is going to improve their odds of doing that tremendously. Bro, I mean, if you just the names you just mentioned, I mean, this team is stacked. PSG. Yeah. What I like about them too is they have a really strong financial backing. Yeah, they're they do. doing a lot on the innovation front as well. Yeah. So, you know, huge fan of this. I'm I'm on the PSG wave. I I very much have decided as a soccer fan that's the team I want to support now. As a new <laughs> soccer fan, let's say, since I have no allegiance. Man, you have the you have the right to choose your team. Newbie gets to choose a new team. You know, I mean, it's like getting into basketball in 2014, right? Just jump yeah. in on the Warriors bandwagon. <laughs> uh you'll 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 uh express a lot more joy uh than tears right if you're yeah. the psg over the next few years yeah exactly but that's i mean that's interesting too the the regulation right the rule in the spanish league i think obviously there's a lot of circumstances going on but 
it's just another example about how when you your outcome is to make things more fair a rule that you implement can destroy the outstanding people's ability to achieve right yeah and this is deeper than that right like the attachment the fans um had to messi in barcelona Mm -hmm. and he had to barcelona um and its fans and the community it's like you don't want to take a pillar of the community um like this guy out you know this impacted a lot of people um including himself he does not really want to go finish his career in paris he wanted to he has a family he loves barcelona he wants to he wanted to stay you know um it's just it's unfortunate that this is the reason um that they couldn't keep him yeah i think it's just important when we look at all fields even business even you know whatever whatever you might be doing it's like there's a lot of these well-intentioned folks out there that want to do things like make a league more fair whatever the means but the path to that is not by restricting the path is usually by understanding human intention better and working to grow the teams that are lagging as opposed to restrict the teams that are doing well right like there's a lot of efforts you could do from say like a tax standpoint to help that spending be good for the other teams right it's not like there's a shortage of wealthy owners out there there's not you know so it's like it's interesting just to see the different approaches around the world obviously these ideologies are, are very common in spain and in the way that their government works um but yeah i don't know just that just an observation there yeah i mean if you're la liga which is the spanish league you know you would try to figure out a way to make it work to keep the yeah. the, the most the best marketable player. best player yeah. in the world uh in your league but they failed to do so it's the weirdest <laughs> like I can't I can't imagine anybody in that office being happy about this. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah. And it's not an it's not an unforeseen consequence either. Like this is something that very obviously would come up early. Yeah. And yeah. the owners of Barcelona would have been very vocal about this in the meetings. Yeah. Yeah. So, nuts. That's what competition does. Yeah, but you know. Yeah opens a new door and creates new excitement in the world of soccer. Yeah. So onward, you know, I don't even know PSG's team name, but I am a PSG fan. I think they're, are they blue? They're red, white, and blue. Sweet. Yeah. It's America's European team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> France's flags colors are red, white, and blue too. That could have some yeah. more, something. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, LeBron owns Liverpool, right? Part of Liverpool. Yes. Yeah. He's a minority. Basically the, um, this, and he's also a minority owner in the Red Sox too. So basically, that same group has a stake in Liverpool. As Are there well. any celebrity owners of PSG? I am not quite sure. I, do think I know they, they have, have they they do have the uh, brand Jordan sponsorship, which is unique. Mm. And it's backed by um, a lot of money, Middle Eastern money. Yeah, that's what keeps PSG. That's that's like what has led to its you know rise over the last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that they're spending like this considering how revenue has been impacted. So it's it's curious. People are concerned now about what, you know, Messi's contract that just got announced today is 41 million um, euros a year. Um, mm-hmm. And you add that to Neymar and they actually have to extend Mbappe at the end of this season. And 
what's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. This might be a one-year band here because they may need to let or transfer um, Mbappe just because of finances. But um, let's see how this plays out. But if they win, then I'm sure the ownership will say, <laughs> let's spend the money. You know? Yeah, and if they win it, it has the opportunity to turn into such a global phenomenon that you know yeah. those jerseys are being sold all over the world. Like the fandom, it's like we talk about the Cowboys, right? We talk yeah. about, you know, um, I guess in the NBA it was the Bulls. I don't know who it would be now, the Lakers, right? But yeah, the fandom. You literally, yeah, you literally yeah. have three of probably I would say probably three of the top five most popular players in the world on one team. It's yeah, pretty crazy. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, onward from soccer, very excited for this upcoming season in that sport and just being able to catch all of the international drama surrounding it. Soccer is one of those sports where the off the field is as interesting as on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in hip hop news, you know, V, I know you were very moved by this and uh, the Omatic reference at the beginning. I, I know it was a setup here, but Nas dropped an unbelievable album, King's Disease 2. You know, I, I think I I would love to give you the honors here. You want to break it down, talk about the uh, significance, the moment, and just kind of the road that Nas has taken. Yeah, quite frankly, like you know, this kid's career started in '94, and out the gate, his first album pretty much universally is considered the greatest hip hop album album of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that Nas has done consistently has shown that he's a true artist, right? Like he's pretty much released albums consistently. I think this is his 13th or 14th studio album. Um, And he's, as a fan of his, right? Like I'm a huge fan of Illmatic, uh, um, a huge fan of Stillmatic. And and pretty much all of his first, it was written, obviously. That is actually... um, my top top three but he's consistently released music um over time that has shown growth and maturity you know he hasn't phased out or faded out um he's released some weaker projects but he just keeps going you know what i mean um and then in addition to that what he's accomplished outside of the studio and you this is this is an area you probably know um the circles that he's he's in in terms of private equity and getting in on the right deals and building um a legacy right for as a as what a hip-hop artist can do he's always been a really really smart guy perceptive guy street smarts turned into book smarts um and this album i think is his like magnum opus where it's like he's completed his journey as a human being and you hear that through the music, right? Like it's a very, very secure and confident guy. He's not looking in the past. He's not looking in the future. He's comfortable with where he's at um, and seems to really understand his purpose and then also communicate it in a really great way. And the other part of it is that I think um, Hip Boy's production, understanding how to take, a, take an ar- older artist and create a soundscape that a lot of younger hip hop fans are also tuning into this album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, that's just amazing to see the willingness to grow, but stay true to self is what really stood out um, yeah. for me on this album. Yeah. And you know, I mean, Nas kind of took a page out of J Cole's book here, 
was able yeah. to blend the conscious hip hop and the wisdom that he's known for being able to to speak into a style that's understood into flows and cadences. He had a lot of triplet flow on the album. Yeah, I was surprised to hear him rap like that. But at the same time, like it just goes to show like I am a huge fan of all of the new artists. I love Lil Durk. Yeah. I love Lil Baby. I love all these guys. Nas rapping in their style is undebatably much better than them. Yes. It's not close. Yeah, he can rap. <laughs> not close. Yeah, it's not even close. So this album, to me, along the lines that you were saying, is the perfect blend, just like J. Cole did with The Offseason, the perfect yep. blend of wisdom and experience and that storytelling approach that Nas takes with current sounds and current flows that make it more consumable yes. in today's environment. Yes. And that's actually long term, long for a long time, been a criticism of Nas is that yeah. he's not adaptable. Right. Um, yeah. And the thing for me that always held him back um, when I was being completely honest is his hook writing wasn't always the greatest same issue that J. Cole has. Right. Like they're almost the same person in different eras. Um, to kind of see someone willing to finally like change and make an album like this and do it well shows that this dude really is potentially the goat, right? To be able to do that for this span of time, I think he has he has an argument. Everything that he's done, you know, outside of the recording studio too. I feel like we hear so much about Jay Z, we hear so much about Drake's moves, but. Nas on the low is is killing everything. You yeah, know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, and he seems like I th I think that's part of it, right? Moving low, moving quiet, yeah, lets you actually have a balanced life. It lets you be happy. Yes, and he's he's a mentor to many as well. Yep, yep. Yeah. Shout out to Nas, man! What a great project. Appreciate you dropping that album, man. Perfect timing. Yeah, you know, um, other news: Rihanna has become a billionaire. Yes, well-deserved billionaire. Yeah. So does that make Rocky, ASAP Rocky, a trophy husband? I think it does. He's, he's become the trophy now. I think it does. He, uh, he found himself a sugar mama. <laughs> you know, the thing that's awesome here, I've, I've been a fan of Rihanna. Obviously, everyone has, I haven't understood this part. Everyone's obsessed with Rihanna. Everyone has a crush on her, right? Yeah. You know, I've I've never felt that way about Rihanna, but I definitely like, really enjoy her swag and her music i appreciate the confidence she brings to the table and uh her business moves i haven't been super hip to but seeing what she's done with fenty has been just like an awakening to see somebody who has such a great brand personally do it so successfully in fashion like we saw kanye do it with yeezy and that definitely broke some ground there but what what rihanna has done to me is uh, more impressive than well, in again, these are all people who have broken ground. So like the Kardashians, what Kim has done, you know, what Chloe's mm -hmm. done, Kylie, they've all broken ground about how you build a brand and how you do it. Rihanna's done it in such an effortless and cool way. It's not try hard. It's not fake. Like it's just swaggy. And I have so much respect for that. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what Rihanna, why everyone is obsessed with Rihanna and you have the Rihanna's Navy and all that stuff is because she leads with authenticity and she leads with intentionality, right? Like if you look at her Fenty brand, she is very intentional. She's, she's thought through that brand 
and who the target market is and how to satisfy that market. And then also like, you know, to contrast that her with like a Kardashian, right? The Kardashians know how to sell some sell things, but no one particularly is, they're not particularly appealing personalities. You don't say, Hey, I would love to hang out. I, I don't ever think I would love to hang out with Kim K. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but Rihanna just, the fact that that's possible, right? For someone to stay true to self and build an entire brand around that authenticity should be a reminder to everyone else too that that is the wave. If you want to be happy and you want to be successful, build something that's authentic to yourself. In Rihanna's case, her personality is strong enough and her image and her brand is strong enough that she's become a billionaire. Whether you become a billionaire or you become a hundred thousandaire or whatever it is, that's a much happier way way to live. And quite frankly, Rihanna hasn't even dropped an album in a while because she hasn't felt it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But her brand hasn't taken taken the hit that others that others have, you know? Yeah. I think that's to your point, the power of authenticity. And mm -hmm. I think in today's day and age, we've understood that people are more than just what they create. So you can run a brand and be an artist and do a lot of other things, but people relate to Rihanna because of how she lives. Yes. Right. Not because of what she does, what she does is cool, but how she does it, how she approaches life, how she approaches everything is swaggy. Yeah. It's confident. And it like, I like for a generation of women that's had not great female role models, that's a great female role model. Yeah. 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 So super dope. Huge Rihanna fan, obviously. Uh, much respect and, you know, happy to see somebody make make a lot of wealth, create a lot of wealth um, through following their passions and being an individual. Yes. 100%. Congrats, Rihanna. So that might be it for news and notes today. We're going to take a quick little break and we will be back with our deep dive where I say fuck networking. Why do we do that? Show the Pilot Boys some love by getting some of our exclusive merch at shop.pilotboys.com. You're listening to the Pilot Boys Podcast. Hey, this is Partha. Not only am I a pilot boy, but I'm also the CEO of Lasso. I started Lasso to help people improve their movement on a daily basis. We design and create compression apparel that enables you to move confidently, recover safely, and ultimately be the best version of yourself. We use a patented compression technology that activates key ligaments and tendons to help you improve your proprioception, coordination, and balance on a daily basis. Lasso socks were recently ranked number one by Men's Health because of how much they improve how your body works and the overall comfort, softness, and feel of the product. We're very proud of the Lasso socks, so check them out on our website at lassogear.com or at lassogear. Undo Media is proud to be the production partner for the Pilot Boys. Storytelling is what they do. From video production, podcasting, and consulting, Undo Media's focus is on telling your story. Find out why four Emmys and hundreds of clients will back up why you should contact Undo Media for your next project. Look them up at undomedia.com. Episode 94, Deep Dive, Fuck Networking. Partha, I'm going to let you take this one because you had a passionate take on this this morning. <laughs> so the way these deep dives work, about half the time, is that I call V at, you know, we record these at like 10 a.m. my time. I call him at 9.30 and I take a walk and I just rant. And <laughs> usually if I'm feeling something, that becomes the deep dive. 
sometimes it goes the other way. Yeah. If V's feeling something, that becomes a deep dive. But yeah. uh, I think we pretty we, much let whoever's more passionate about what their deep dive <laughs> thoughts are lead lead the conversation that week. Yeah, exactly. And if nobody's passionate, you guys have to listen to a shitty deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I don't think so. We have a lot we need to say to it for ourselves, I guess. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> today's is about networking. So I've been very strongly against networking events for a very long time. Yep. And I don't like them because they end up really transactional. People flex like crazy. You mm. never get real ones out. Like people who are authentic never show up to networking events. Yeah. And then all of the people that do tend to only talk about work. They don't have a human side to themselves. They are very concerned with clout and measurables. They don't care about passion or a craft. They just care about how they're perceived. And uh, you know, I don't I don't like that. You know what I mean? And like there's ways that I've experienced networking done well, just to give the counter argument. I've experienced it with like the Forbes under 30 summits where they create a VIP section for people who have been on the list. That's a really nice way to meet people because they're already pre-qualified. Invite only dinners, you know, private parties at friends' houses who I trust that they have good taste. Um, meeting new people in those scenarios is wonderful. But the premise of networking in general and what the tech industry has done to it makes me so frustrated because it's it's a way that most people who are getting into business approach trying to learn how to build a company mm -hmm. and the reality is that everyone you're going to meet at a networking event really has no understanding of what they do or how anything works they're just posturing yeah yeah i mean it's I think the word in the networking is is one of those words that everyone thinks. Um, anybody who's starting to start a business, accomplish anything, move in the industry, they're like, you got to network, you got to network, you got to network. And it's like one of those terms that's thrown around that everyone is told that word and there are a hundred different definitions of it. There are a hundred different ways to do it. Um, and I think what you're pointing out is that for the most part, most of the things that are structured to help you network and most of the ways that everyone's telling you to network are not necessarily productive ways to network. And that's shown in how few people actually become successful. If it was just networking and just meeting people, then a lot more, there are a lot of people out here who are really good networkers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but there are very few people who know how to network with purpose <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and who are confident enough to just take their journey and not seek. I think part of networking comes from the necessity to seek outside validation too. Mm -hmm. um, not leading with that. And, you know, you and I talk about this too, is that what, what comes to you on your journey comes to you and when it comes to you that's when you filter you don't necessarily seek um all the time and i think that's what networking does it puts you in that mindset of always feeling like you need to meet more people always feeling like someone on the outside um 
can help you better than you can help yourself. And I think some of these things as they take hold are damaging. I'm a fan of networking, but through the proper lens and understanding, first understanding what you're doing with your life, right? Mm -hmm. And what your goals are, and then building a network, both personally and professionally, around those values uh, is more important than knowing a thousand thousand billionaires even you know what i yeah. mean yeah man i mean i think that's exactly spot on you know and and the premise that you touched on is that when you're networking most people in that room to your point aren't there to get better they're there to get validated yes that's like a frustrating side effect of the way the culture is built um, I also want to address the, uh, the concept of like growth and success. And this is in my experience. So, you know, grain of salt here, but I see networking and meeting people based on what they do as a human construct. Yeah, it's it like, is. why should I meet somebody because their job title is similar or because they've done something similar to what I'm doing? Yep that doesn't make sense to me because it doesn't have any bearing on who they are and the kind of person they are right it only has it only is what have they done and like historical events that a person has been involved in still don't mean that they were responsible for those events it just means that they were a participant in those mm -hmm. events that's the other thing is that you meet a lot of people who say that they did xyz Oh, I, I was involved. I made Kanye's merch. I made this. I did this. Sure you did. You know what I mean? Or maybe it was the person you were next to who's far yeah. more qualified than you, who's actually in Atlanta with Kanye right now. And that's oh, why you're on this call or at this networking event, yeah. right? Or the like, person next to the person that was next to that you yeah. interned for, right? So, exactly. Exactly. Everyone is everyone is is fudging the truth to make themselves look better in, network, in networking. So that's what I found. Like, I don't have time for them. I don't do them at all. I know you've done them to a greater degree than I have. And it's like, I'm pretty happy with the network um, that my life has developed for me without having to seek it. You know what I mean? I didn't need yeah. to go to the sports business seminar. I didn't need to go to the music business conference in, in that they charge you a thousand dollars uh, to go to, you know, and I think a lot of these are also, to be quite frank, they are <laughs> capitalistic in nature, right? True. It's, 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 and you go back to they're set up and structured in a way they're set up and structured in that way specifically. People, they do not want, if you think that the system is set up to help everyone succeed, it's not. It's, to try to keep as few people from reaching enormous success as possible. And how do we filter as many people out <laughs> as possible? So a lot of these things that you think are being set up to help you, they're not being set up to help you. They're set, being set up to put you in a room, make yourself feel insecure, and also focus your energy on meeting a whole bunch of random people that you would have never met if not for the fact that this artificial completely inorganic room was created for you to meet people. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a job fair. A job fair is a similar thing. I've always thought that those things were stupid too. That's why they only work for the lowest wage employees because yeah. it doesn't require personality to be able to do rote tasks. Yeah. yeah. You know, to actually work with somebody or to actually 
you know, meet somebody you're going to do business with or even have in your life, it requires something greater than what we can create ourselves through literal observation of the world and connecting people. Like this is why I don't buy into dating apps either. Like I used yeah. to use dating apps to meet girls. But after time, I realized that it's your energy that draws people in, right? It's the way that you live and you just tend to meet people that are like you. So the best networking and the only people who have actually become like true, you know, partners for me in life, like with business or personally, have been people that I've met organically. Yeah. Not through and you know, there is the advent of social media. It's valuable for people to be able to find you and reach out to you. And it's like cool to connect from time to time. But it's harder and harder to figure out who's real and who's fake. And it causes us all to be a lot more guarded in public and digitally. And so when I meet somebody through a close friend, my guard is dropped and I get to actually meet them for who they are and their guard is dropped too. And if it's not dropped, we usually don't hit it off. Yeah, that's that's 100% the truth, right? And I think another thing to, to touch on what, what, what you were saying is like when you let your you know, letting your guard down and, and knowing um, who you're actually building a relationship with, right? Like you are networking to create value. You are not networking as a social contest to know as many, as many people as you possibly can. And I think, you know, it's, it's applied. I think it, when you look at business, it's like the most successful businesses are, a small, are led by a small group of people who really know each other, who really have a joint purpose and are moving in the same exact same direction. So focus more on finding, and I think you probably said this on the call, focus more on networking to find your tribe. What is, what is it you're looking for, right? Like there's also that aspect of it. It's not a numbers game. The fewer people that you know, the more time you are going to have to produce, yeah. right? Like if you're not obligated socially to, if you're only obligated socially and personally to five people versus being obligated to a hundred people, that has a direct impact on your productivity. And it's, it's actually impossible to have real authentic relationships with a hundred people. Yeah. You know, unless you literally don't do anything the whole day. And to, to that point, I think that growth is also very rare when you when you have so many people in your circle. Um, you usually grow by yourself. But when you have a close group, you all can grow together and push yep. each other to grow faster. And it's why we see it in every field, right? Like there is a mm -hmm. PayPal mafia, right? Of just like, yep. six, I think it's eight folks, right? Yep. That group has been building most of Silicon Valley for the last 20, 30 years. You know, yep. they run the tech industry, right? And it's like, why should just such a few people have so much power? It's because they decided to invest in each other and they trust mm -hmm. each other so intimately that whatever deal they're working on, most of them are in on all of each other's deals, if not all of them, right? Yep. That's so valuable and it's a level of trust that can't be found through networking. It comes from going through life experiences together. And that's, yep. that's the other part of it is that you can meet so many people, but if you don't trust them deeply, then there's no purpose in knowing them. No, there isn't. And this is this is, I think, an important school important skill in this day and age, as you said, with all of these social media and internet networking. You've got LinkedIn, you've got Instagram, you've got TikTok, you've got Twitter, you've got Facebook. 
And you're encouraged on all of these platforms to network and meet new people, right? And there's nothing wrong with with that. But I think what you need to know how to do is filter. I think a lot the issue that a lot of people have is not the networking itself, but knowing how to filter relationships and evaluate whether someone is genuine or or not, whether someone is is of value to you um, or not. Um, I feel like a lot of people are like chasing, uh, like you said, validation from from others versus going into this and saying, hey, my purpose on Instagram and, and, and LinkedIn, I might have a thousand friends or 2000 friends or on Instagram, a million followers. Right. Um, but I know that for the most part, the people that I'm meeting on there, I'm not building that they, they serve a very specific purpose. And that purpose is not friendship. It is not business partnership. It's essentially trades a series of trades what you're doing on instagram for the most part when you meet people you're exchanging specific things you're not building a relationship and if you start trying to build a relationship through those mediums you're just going to get caught up in the social game yeah yeah 100 percent. you know i'll say there's value from a mentorship standpoint mm-hmm in networking when you don't know like early in the journey and all of these tools that you're mentioning would be the way to get that rolling or finding when someone's speaking somewhere and going and meeting them in person right like yeah there's a lot you can learn by being around great people but to your point you have to filter at a young age your filter shit so you're going to make a lot of mistakes but you have to filter even of people that are more successful from you, the ones that are like you and the ones that are not like you in personality. Like just because someone has more money than you doesn't mean you should try to be like them. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, that's where we get tricked on Instagram or on LinkedIn or on whatever. You know, I just saw, I saw a post that somebody I know made and I'm not going to say their name, but I, I don't think they listen to this. If they do, sorry, dude. Uh, but this dude wrote a post on LinkedIn yesterday talking about how he went from being, he was like, I just shut down our PO box. You know, this was a bittersweet moment because we just, uh, we just like got to the point with our, uh, with our online store where we're shipping orders every day. So now we don't need to use our PO box because we have a mail person at our place every day picking up orders. And he's like, these are our top sellers on our store. And I was like, bro, like, what the fuck was the point of this post? Like, did you just put this up to tell people that you're doing well? Like, yeah, cool. But nobody really gives a shit, right? Like, announce yeah. a partnership. That's that's something. Don't tell me you just closed your P.O. box. First of all, that's small as fuck. Like, yeah. I don't give a shit that you're just now shipping orders every day. You should have been doing that month one if you yeah. were if you want to be taken seriously. But also, if that's like that type of behavior to me is the fakest shit possible because it's like, oh, I'm doing everything for the approval of all of these strangers on the Internet. And it's professionally involved folks, right, who are also now looking at you and saying, wow, this business is much smaller than I thought it was. That's usually what people say when you share that shit. Right. Yeah. And it's like it's not it's not good. Like what social media has done to the way we meet each other is not good. No, it's not. It's not good. 
it's not good because you are having <laughs> prejudice in every relationship that changes from social media to real life based on their social media pro profile. You are going into that with prejudice, right? Yeah. Because you've been, you're basing it completely on the perception that they've given you um, on social media and you don't know anything about who they are, who they are in real life, you know? Right. And then also I think the things that people think are valuable, there's another trick, right? Like if you go on somebody's social media profile and they're writing and they have pictures in a private jet, okay, or they're, they're flashing their Lamborghini, yes, those are measures of wealth, but success, most successful people aren't thinking about, oh, I need to post a picture of myself in, in the jet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're in the jet working. You know, yeah, yeah exactly, bro. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's that's the truth of the whole thing is that everything that we're trained to like think about when we're meeting people or when we're trying to grow, right? Mm -hmm. It's backward. Completely backward. You have to look at ironically, the only thing that we don't display to the world, like who we really are and how we treat people, it's the only thing we don't display. It's the only thing that's important about who you're meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, I've met countless names that can be dropped, but very few of them turned into lifelong friends or business partners, right? And I could I could get off on saying, oh, I know this person, I know this person at a million events. And, you know, in the past I have, which is why this is a sore topic for me. This is why I'm so strong about it, because I've, I've come 180 on it. Now I'm at a place where I'm like, yo, that was fucking whack when I did go to all those networking events, like I was whack for being there and participating in this game, you know? Yep. Yep. And that, you know, this, this gives me an opportunity to, to, to go into a Muhammad Ali quote, which, you know, I always enjoy the opportunity to do that. <laughs> but he said, I don't, I don't trust anyone who's nice to me, but rude to the waiter. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, because they would treat me the same way if I were in that position. And that's networking, right? Especially networking to get to where you're going. You'll see people suddenly treating people that they think can do something for them versus people who they don't necessarily know how the how people start treating people differently based on what they can do for them. You know what I mean? Honestly, that's a damn good framework, right? If yeah. your role in society changes and how somebody interacts with you would change based on your role changing, it's not somebody you should be around. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There's an old um, VC thing where uh, I don't remember who said this, but it was like an investor who, whenever he was going to invest in a deal, would go out to dinner with his um, prospective you know, CEO he would invest in. And he would have the, the wait staff at this restaurant intentionally mess up the order. And this was a thing he did with CEOs for a long time. And the reaction of the CEO was exactly how he knew if that was somebody he wanted to work with or not along these same lines. So if they got upset at the waiter or berated them, it's not an investment because that's someone who treats their team badly. You don't want to invest in someone like that. Yeah. But if they're able to say, hey, I actually asked for it like this. It's okay. Total misunderstanding. Do you mind bringing out XYZ version? You know, who you actually say, hey, 
you messed up. I don't want it like this. I want it differently, but I'm not mad at you. Mistakes happen. It's okay. Do you mind helping me out? Yep. Two completely different approaches that lead to two completely different results. And that's, that's like, that's the root of networking, right? Mm -hmm. We want to meet people like us, but we don't have a way to identify who's like us. And the real way is like truly being ourselves to the world. Mm -hmm. Then you attract people that are like you. And just to be clear, this works both ways, right? Like there are a lot of people who are successful, who look at these, these networking situations and essentially try to flex on people. You know, that's the other thing is like to, to lead into situations, trying to, to, to enforce your superiority. Like that's, that's another thing about this these networking type of events that that frustrates me they, they'll they'll put some one person up on a pedestal and make them feel like they're better than everyone else or most of the people in the room and then everybody in the room is leading with that insecurity as they approach them and the other side has a power complex that they shouldn't have right that's a great point and i experience it mm-hmm. a lot yeah whenever i do a speaking event Bro, and I got to be honest, it's fucking exhilarating. Yeah. It's like the high. It's a high. It's like a drug high. Yeah. To be on stage or in front of hundreds of people, be told that you're important, that your voice is important, that your mind is important. And to have all of those people completely lose their shit around you. Right. Yeah. It's intoxicating. Yeah. That's the exact reason you should avoid the shit out of it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Unless you're creating unless you're doing it with a purpose, right? Yeah. Like it's unless there's a purpose behind it. But if you're just speaking to reiterate what you've already done to 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 gain fans, it's like, okay, well, maybe you should have went into the music industry then. You know, yeah. if that's what, if that's what your where your priorities lie, right? Yeah. I mean that's the truth, right? Like that's where you see it. You know, networking and entertainment is something that's new since I came to LA. Yeah. Entertainment is the most extreme case of this, like entertainment and fashion. Like there's so much scarcity mentality because the markets are smaller that these folks legitimately feel that they have to prove at all times that they're the coolest person or the next new thing. Yep. It's yep. a lot, man. It's a lot to be around. And this, the way those industries are structured in terms of power, right? It's like, it's really, really poor. <laughs> if you were, if they had an HR department in the entertainment and uh, music industries, they would be failing, right? Yeah. Like, it really is a, a, a whole bunch of, like, power dynamics that you keep going up. You kiss one person's ass till you get to that person's position, and you kiss the next person's ass and you just keep going and going and going. Um, it's very, it's, it's not a great way to live. And you're kind of, you see it, you hear like people in LA lead with who they're connected to or what they do. It's not, well, I'm from, I'm from here. This is what I, I do for a living. They lead with their relationships and who they know and who they're connected to. And it's very strange to me that culture out there meeting people is very, very strange to me. Um, and it's like, I, like you said, knowing what to value, it's like, that's why I don't spend a lot of time out there. You know, yeah. you know, I think <laughs> the, the trade off too is like, 
if you show up to the event in entertainment, you know there's yeah. photos being taken. You yeah. know that there's a recap being posted. And you understand that you being there and having these shallow interactions with folks is better for everybody that's there from yeah. a business standpoint, right? Yep. That there's a context there. That makes a ton of sense to me in entertainment because yep. affiliation is everything. When you take that into more tech, venture, et cetera, you're getting folks that haven't necessarily built a business before, right? And like this yeah. is probably how artists feel with with label execs. Like, yo, you've never been an artist. Like, who the fuck are you to tell me what song is good and what isn't and what should yeah. come out and what doesn't, right? And it's like it's the same thing with VCs. Like, who are you to decide what company gets invested, what doesn't, if you've never built one before or how they should be built. You know, you can't read a book and understand how to operate a machine. You have to operate a machine to learn how to operate a machine, you know? So it's like there's um there's a lot that gets translated where you get a lot of folks in power positions, especially you'll see it with venture capitalists a lot. Never like the main ones, never like the really good ones, but most of the ones that want to be like the very good ones just need to tell you that they manage money and they're investing or whatever. And they love the power dynamic. They love to see the young founders freak out and completely sell out to try and win their favor or like build a relationship. Yeah. And it's just, it's not real. And in this, at the same time, they're soliciting the behavior we just talked about, which is like, these people are changing how they behave because of your role, right? Like, do you actually want that? Yeah, I don't know. And you know, another thing that, that trips me out about that world, right, is these, especially in Silicon Valley, <laughs> is these like prestigious accelerator programs, right? And yeah. it's like, <laughs> I just look at it and say, people are really with their chest out saying, I'm in the Y Combinator accelerator or whatever this, this nonsense is. And it's like... <laughs> An accelerator is anyone that's giving you funding. You better know what to do with, figure out what to do with your business, right? Yeah, that's the reality is the most I, confident person in those rooms is the one who paid for the ticket to walk in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it doesn't uh, make sense. It doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't make sense. God, it's just, it's a complex that's so thick and you know, maybe I'll get flack for this, but honestly, I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter. Well, you know what? And this is something that's probably going to get me in trouble. This structure is set up for to make a whole bunch of people feel like they're moving somewhere in life, whether yeah. they are or not. Yeah. And what they're hoping is more people than not get caught up in the matrix and start believing and 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 smell not smelling their own shit and starting to believe these things like. I know people who've been through these accelerator programs that I've never heard of, heard from, or <laughs> doesn't matter what accelerator program, it does not guarantee your success. Yeah. You know? That's the thing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of really shitty founders. There's a lot of really shitty investors. And there's a lot of folks who just tread water and act like they're going somewhere and they don't. <laughs> like, just to your point, there's a guy I remember from Atlanta who was always running an accelerator program. Yeah. Never ran a business just for some reason. People let him, yeah, had the <laughs> skills to help people start businesses, I guess, but none of the businesses he helped start exist anymore. So, 
Smells was like it? smells a little bit like Bernie Madoff. Tech, 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 tech edition. That's the real shit. This is so <laughs> common. It's so common. You know, there's a. I mean, I'm not gonna talk shit because there are some people that do it well, but most people don't know what the hell they're doing. They're just like trying to put themselves in a position of power and prestige. Yeah. It's the same yeah. in music. Like, how many people you know in in the music industry that always have an album about to come out and never comes out? It's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. It's just you can posture, you can signal, you can act like it. But after a few years, people catch on and they're like, oh, shit, like this guy doesn't do anything. He just talks about it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you look at the record industry, it is completely, again, goes back to what I'm talking about in terms of, you know, they don't want you to win. You know, yeah. DJ, Khaled, DJ Khaled says this. They don't want you to win, you know? Yeah, it's so and, true. And if once you if you look at how the label business is structured, they sign a lot of you would think that once you sign an artist, you would want to put their music out. Right. <laughs> but that's not true. It's we sign all these artists and then we dictate the handful of artists that we know that we can make the most money off of that are, are most in tune with letting our writers write their songs, our in-house producers produce their beats and creating the system in which they're eating completely off of everything that's going on. And those artists will get their albums put out, but it's not based on who's the most talented. It's based on who can get the best return for the record label. Right. Yeah. And then you have the artists who are all signing into this, this thing because being signed is like validation, whether or not it's true or not artists who get signed feel like they've been validated to a degree and but that validation doesn't mean anything if you never get an album put out they never they never give you the proper resources to succeed you're putting all the control in their hands and you're letting them dictate it and to be successful within that sphere you still have to do the same things that you probably would have had to do if you were an independent artist and your return isn't the same, right? Yeah, you essentially just yeah. care more. You're showing you prior to as fame more than impact and success. Yeah, yeah, and that isn't that like the the motto of the world right now, right? Is yeah. fame is far more important to people than anything else. Yes, exactly. I'm happy to see a lot of these Gen Z kids, like the TikTokers, etc., building venture funds and getting into real businesses building brands but uh even in that community a lot of it is ego driven and ego led so even though you have the ability to build successful businesses if you're still a shitty person like nobody wants to work with you nobody wants to do business with you the thing that i this is one of the like things that when i see from people i immediately say they're inauthentic mm -hmm. right like i'm a fan of hearing about uh, someone who's figured out YouTube or Instagram and knows how to turn that into a business and is successful. But what frustrates me is that once they be quote unquote become successful, they spend all their time and I see all these ads, them trying to sell me and everyone else. Hey, I will help you get here too for forty nine ninety nine, And it's <laughs> like, okay, you, I, for me, it immediately says that they're inauthentic. I don't fault anyone for trying to make money, but I, I think you understand what I'm saying in terms of like the evaluation of that person. They yeah. didn't necessarily do it for any reason except to prove that they could get these numbers. 
and they're selling the numbers versus whatever it is, the reason that they actually became famous on YouTube or Instagram, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And you know, you know, man, like I, another pet peeve I have is like those types of folks like to, to price knowledge, right? Like yeah. in my opinion, knowledge should always be free. Yeah. It's the creation you make with that knowledge. So like if you're really that good at what you do, then partner with somebody and do it again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Have them front it financially and do it again. Yep. Hire a team, build a business. But if you're just selling information to people, it's a scam. Yep. yep. Just a, it just doesn't add up to me, bro. Like the way in which and, this world works. And you know this, like our most none of the most valuable mentors we've had in either one of our lives has ever priced their knowledge to us. No. Ever. No. They give it for free because they're so secure in who they are. It's everyone else that tries to price, put a price on their knowledge. If you're secure in what you do, then be secure in what you do and and help Absolutely. people. Absolutely. There's more that's that scarcity mindset we talk about. There's more than enough for everyone if people would just start believing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> what? what a, and we got here from networking, but it's all tied together, right? Like essentially yeah. like networking events are a byproduct of inauthentic people. That's the reality of it, because to even put together a networking event, you would be measuring people based on what they do, unless you're doing a social event, which yep. is the opposite, which is people you like, right? Yep. Everything think, is better than that situation. And I think that's what, you know, going back to two weeks ago, the the lasso event that we, we did in LA, that's an example of that, right? Yeah, the like, social event. It's a, it's a social event with a purpose. Like everyone that was there was secure in who they were or had something going on with their lives, but it made the event more fun because it wasn't uh, putting a bunch of people, highly successful people in a room and saying, hey, talk to each other. It was like, talk to each other about business. It was, hey, put a whole bunch of successful people in a room and just, just, just associate and speak to each other in a social setting versus leading with whatever it is that you freaking do. Yeah, like let's have some fun. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and it's it's experiences that bond people as well. Like uh, looking back on the event, you know, I was just texting um, um, a, a couple of the folks that I met. I had never met the girls that worked at NASA and SpaceX before. Yeah. But I was just texting them to organize like a group dinner. Right. And these are friends I never would have had. But because we partied together, we drank together, we smoked together, we shot photos together. I had so much fun with them. I wanted to hang out again, right? Like that's how shit works, you know? Yeah. It's not then if somebody's like in if I meet somebody who's like I don't know, in space that they're trying to work with or something. That's where those connections happen. But yeah. Outside of that it just it's not worth it. Yep. Yeah. And to qualify part of the statement, those who were working in that they smoked with us but they were not smoking. Right. Right. Yes. For sure. <laughs> just wanted but to keep that context I, don't I mean that's the that's the whole thing though right is like engage in the social experience right be a part of the vibe in some way right yeah, doesn't you don't have to partake in everything everyone in everything. do you do you if you don't drink you can still be a part yeah. of a party and there were st- people there not drinking there were a lot of people not drinking yep, yep. dude i mean like to me, it's so it life is so simple when you stop worrying about what people do and just start worrying about yourself mm-hmm. 
That's what uh what is that? Who's that rapper? Uh it's Bry- Bryce no, yeah, Bryson Tiller. He says uh you should worry about yourself in his song Self Made, where he's talking yeah. about his success and stuff. He's like, Don't worry about me, worry about yourself, right? Like, don't ask me what I do. Don't ask me like who I fuck with or like what my circle is. Like yeah. worry about yourself. Like let, we're all here. Let's talk about what's going on, right? Yeah. Let's make jokes. Let's bullshit. Like I'll ask you questions and learn about you. Like my first question is always where you from, not what you do. I don't yeah. give a shit what you do. Exactly. Yeah, where you from tells me how you how you interact with people. <laughs> I actually feel awkward asking someone what they do. Dude, it's a weird question. <laughs> it's such a weird question. What do you like, do for money? It's like, yeah, why, it's like, why it, are you asking me that? It, if I ask that question, it throws it throws my entire vibe off. You right. got asked that question and gave the legendary fuck you response. You gave <laughs> the, uh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That that's the uh, yeah. I mean, it is true, but it's also like, hey, like that's not what I'm here for, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm here if you want to talk to me, get to know me, and yep. then it's like that. It's funny because that response is only necessary for someone who's measuring you up based on what you do. Yep. That's and yep. that's really what's going on. Yeah, and you get a vibe for that, and when you interacted with enough people, you know, you know why people ask certain questions. Yeah, you sometimes know. you can say, "What what industry are you in? Mm-hmm. What field do you work in?" Yeah, that's interesting. But it's just just have the conversation that that's being had. Just interact, and that's that's the thing. It's like most of the conversations that I've met people that are, are of value had nothing to do with what what we do it's like it was just a general conversation about general things that allow me to get insight into how they view the world how they think on things and say are okay are these people in line with me i get that way more than when i when i lead with hey what do you do for a living yeah you know yeah and usually when you start there you get you get the real relationship where then when you go home you can look that person up and see what they do for a living Right. Yeah. Like you don't need to ask something you can find on the internet. No, you don't. But you're no, not gonna find out the personal stuff. No, you're not. Unless you're, you're in not. person. And that's where true bonds are built. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. I'll say this too, like the deepest connections I have come from parties, come from social events. Like there's people I've had nights with that are just like so memorable like huge parties lots of just traveling around a city bouncing from place to place you know like catching up with people meeting a ton of people but like keeping a tight crew of people together through an experience and it's like wow like those people become friends for life it just Mm -hmm. really goes like that yeah and to me like that's not a function of what they do because most of those people don't work in my space but yeah. i call them the most for advice mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. it's human advice that we typically need we don't need technical advice i don't need no, anyone no. to tell me like how to optimize roas on a facebook ad you know what i mean like <laughs> you can google that right? yeah <laughs> that's a that's the nature of it is that we spend so much time focused on things we can google when we interact with people that we miss out on everything like it's like everything that you whole, can't google right right it's like we think the whole world is like that it's like this work complex of like what job do you have how much money do you make that's all most of the world is conditioned to think that 
that's the only thing that matters what party what political party of you are you a part of and it's like all that shit you can just put it in a little ball and you can just throw it in the trash because none of it matters no it doesn't man so on that note fuck networking yeah instead of going to your next red networking event spend that money on a book which costs you a lot less and you'll learn a lot more from <laughs> yeah or dude like put some gas in your tank and take a little road trip by yourself yeah those are the best yeah those do something that's like for you yeah be comfortable by yourself yes yeah. that's, that's kind of the takeaway that's the that's the real takeaway and that's the takeaway <laughs> damn and with that we're out i did another episode we went that we went everywhere with this deep dive man but hopefully you guys uh you guys appreciated our rant <laughs> stepping off the soapbox <laughs> it's like so as always remember to stay moving be you you is fly pilot boys out pilot boys.